0: I had a rendezvous with somebody new It's the only one I ever had Baby, baby, don't you go away mad Cheating shows and it never goes You've got a reason to be mad, I suppose For he was only just a passing fat that restaurant I must admit that you feel upset what do you say that we forgive and forget come and kiss me just to prove you're glad baby baby don't you go away mad. Done.
1: Good evening.
2: Good evening.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I
2: can't believe there's like stage fright with no audience (laughs) except all y'all out there. (laughs) So, the first thing I was thinking about, um, looking at my co host here, (laughs) we we don't have names. we are anonymous at the level of press, radio, and films. Oh, you just <laughs> revealed talk- something. So that's what I was I was thinking about, um, this whole anonymity thing mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, being anonymous at the level of press, radio, and films. And I was like, well, Stephen King, you know, like Stephen King is, uh, he... I've heard a lot of interviews with him, right? Uh-huh. And he... I was looking for him to say to to break anonymity, right? But he wrote this book called Dr. Sleep, have you guys heard about it? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, And it's an amazing book, and my buddy in Texas was like, he knows all about, are we good? Yep. Yeah. He knows all about... um, my dealio so he's like oh you got to read this book and i'm reading it and i'm like okay so stephen king he doesn't come out at the level of press radio and films but his book has like every other page is about um you know
1: that program
2: that really? everybody's in oh what program <laughs> they, would that, that be that
1: program that he's not in <laughs> apparently i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> but
2: uh, it's a great book and so i was thinking about that that could be a uh, be a cool uh cool topic but you haven't read it yet right
1: my lawyers have advised me to make no comment at this time
2: it's just uh i will say um love the shining uh this book is meant to be its sequel it's 40 years later and the kid um from the shining uh what's his name oh isn't there like a new movie or show or something red uh, Red rum yeah red rum burger danny uh he's grown up to become, and I'm just talking about the book now, so Uh he grows up, uh, Stephen King has him become an alcoholic, uh, and paints that picture of him, and it's about his journey um, as much as it is about the non-horror in this book, um, his connection to this powerful young girl, Abra, and uh, their fight against these evil, um, sort of vampire type elders um so in the midst of all that he's finding himself and has gotten into recovery and has a sponsor and everything and so it's like stephen king is still somehow maintaining his anonymity
1: is there some kind of a correspondence between the supernatural beings and alcoholism does he try to strike a you know is there a a metaphor something there
2: You know, I think that's, I think I'm too dense for that, for that part. I didn't, I didn't, I took, I just saw the literal stuff, the literal Danny's, I mean just guys like, okay, you know, The Shining, you read The Shining, you watched The Shining, there's this boy Danny and uh, imagine like Stephen King, 40 years later, makes Danny straight up an alcoholic and he straight up gets sober, he straight up has a sponsor. And it's all word for word, um, from, from that program. So it's, this guy has some intimate familiarity with.
1: It's kind of an deal. interesting spin from the, you know, from the first book, uh, that, you know, we only know the kid for the little talking finger. And, um, you know, in that phrase that gets repeated across all media ever since, Brad Ram Brad Ram Oh, yeah. and. Actually, that's what you're talking about, yeah, right? That's what, yeah, I, I, Yeah, I totally
2: forgot for a second. Su- no, I'm just kidding. Okay. Um, no, it turns out that you just reminded me that um, there's a chalkboard that, that plays a central role in, in that book, um, the sequel, and uh, actually they're making a movie about it that's coming out later this uh, this year, I think. Um, 2019, it's Dr. Sleep, and... Uh, oh, yeah, Ewan, right. Ewan McGregor is playing Danny, and... Uh, the, alcohol, the recovered alcoholic Danny And um, And a young African American girl Is playing the character of Abra Who I believe is Italian American in the book But uh mm-hmm. And yeah so they have a chalkboard And they write red rum on there And Anyways I guess I don't really want to Spoil it you know But hey but we did spoil
1: it Ewan <laughs> McGregor is a He's a British fellow, isn't he? Yeah, he was. Uh, Obi- they were Americans o- in the movie. <laughs> in the movie,
2: it's uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, right. right yeah.
1: Lightsabers and shit. Yeah. Was <laughs> he?
2: Was he in, in Train Spotting?
1: Yeah. Uh,
2: I forgot. Maybe. Hey, can we get Pam on the mic here? <laughs> yeah, let's. Because I was thinking, like, we're gonna have guests on the show. Oh wait, what's? We didn't even introduce our show yet. Um, All right. What so, is this called? So if any of you were listening to Kenny C- Cloud's Wednesday, 10 p.m. show where he features his awesome self-produced music, uh, you might remember that I came on there. I'm totally anonymous, um, and I did plug to his uh, fans that, um, that uh, hey, we got Pam up in there. Hey. I-, I did plug to his fans that we are having the show, and... And finally, the show name is "We Are uh, High Spirits," right? High
1: spirits.
4: It's a great name.
1: Yeah, (laughs) it's really kind of counter to how do I how I feel on a Friday night.
4: (laughs) Um, Uh, I just I was I would try to look at the levels and see if I can because I can't hear myself. What am I doing?
2: Oh, I can hear you. you you Okay, good. Uh, Good. You sound good. Sweet. Oh, hey. um, Sweet. We got our intern over here, too. Hey, intern. (laughs) That Kevin... uh, Oh! I mean... (laughs) I mean DJX. I have no
1: idea what you're talking about right now. No, no. Uh,
2: My my co-host was uh, criticizing me for having an intern. (laughs)
4: Interns are the best. They
2: They clean toilets sometimes. They're great. They're amazing. Speak your mind. Speak your mind, Anonymous. (laughs) Uh, I have no opinions. Um, We have no opinion on outside issues. Uh, Hence, right. we never be drawn into public controversy. <laughs> yeah.
4: So your show already, it's called High Spirits, and you've already mentioned anonymity. So what is the purpose? Or what is the goal of your show? Yeah. What's the theme that you guys are
2: All right. going around? Yeah, so... Um,
4: Explain for the throngs of Mutiny MutinyRadio.fm listeners.
2: Yeah, so um, I'll jump into it, and uh, my co-host... We're still figuring figuring yeah, it out um, this is our first identification run. purposes, but uh, yeah, the thought was um, you know we're uh, some of us are involved in the recovery community and the station is a big part of that for us. Um, on Wednesday nights, we can share more about that for those who are interested. And so, it seemed like ultimately, after being involved here for. A year that it seemed like an inevitability that there would be there would be a show yeah, at some point, oh um, come on, you've been scheming about this for yeah.
1: months weeks at least yeah
2: we've been scheming about it, and uh, so um, so yeah to pam's question, good question um we want this to ostensibly be about recovery, so um, you know we want to share about our um, I suppose our opinions and experiences, personal experiences, and riff with each other on uh, getting sober and staying sober in that life, um, and how life just is. You know, it's whimsicals, it's ups and downs. But also, we um, we want to have a guest on. We plan to have a guest on uh, every Friday night. Who uh, you know, they may be they may be a recovered alcoholic. They may um, be struggling out there. They may be none of those things they might be what we call normies what are normies normies are uh are people wait do you not know
4: i really don't i have no idea oh awesome Awesome. i'm like i I think it's a fun word though
2: i'm always like uh i just love it when someone um like doesn't know something in a cool way (laughs) like you know where we get to like share about it so normies um normies are people who uh who can take it or leave it. Basically don't have a problem. Um, The kind of person who you're having dinner with them and they order a glass of wine, they sip half of it and you just move on and you're looking at that and you're like, that
1: is a crime. Because we see-
4: I would never leave a glass of wine <laughs> half drunk. I mean, I, you drink the glass of wine. There's, yeah.
1: there's not enough wine or beer or liquor in the world for a person who's not a normie. A normie just nat has natural limits. Um, a uh, w- one of us, we just, you know, whatever limits we had, we exceeded them, and we, right, we always will. Sure. And- you know, or, you know, it's like,
2: and so we say by self-identification. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. But, uh But, um, yeah, we were talking about this, Pam, briefly, and um, just when... A pitching, pitching the idea for the show <laughs> and uh on free speech radio. And um, we were saying, like, you know, I wanted to have you on as a guest, and here we are. I so, you're, I, and you're, that's you're a guest, so I, I just wanted I to say, I drink
4: so much,
2: and I know, um, I know that from uh, uh, comedy from your comedy, yes. <clears throat> which I love, and um, <laughs> well, you know, it goes without saying, um, I love that you manage this place and that you've given us a space on wednesday nights and everything that goes on here it's a great community and i feel grateful to live so close by and be plugged in here so now to be doing this with with you guys and um but i and on that note i have heard your comedy so i have some idea yeah <laughs> if well, you're I, being truthful in i your don't comedy. i
4: don't know if i'm uh, if i'm a Comedian with an alcohol problem or if I'm an alcoholic with a comedy problem. I can't tell like it's very the line is so blurred because it's so hard like I Am out late at night in bars performing comedy So I drink and I like to drink also while I'm doing comedy to support the venue So that's like I want whatever I want to support the venue plus a lot of times I get paid in alcohol right so it's like, ah! but I, for, for me, the way I balance it is that um, I don't drive anymore, because I got a DUI, and it was terrible. Mm-hmm. And I quit drinking for a little bit, but I, I made just as terrible decisions when I'm not drinking is what I'm drinking so it's like okay Um, I still made terrible life choices but so I got a DUI and I stopped driving and I was like I'll just never drive again because I know that I'm not going to stop drinking so I can't drive cars and it's the same thing like I choose not to be a parent because I love (laughs) alcohol like I love it I love it more than the idea of having children so maybe that's a terrible life choice but also I mean, I work in a bar. Like, I God. I love bar... My my friends that are like my family are bar culture people. Like, I, I don't know how I would... I have no idea how I would live my life without it. It's uh, so much of my social life. You work but in a bar? Your... I work in a bar. I work oh, at Bender's. Oh. I, I cook. I, I'm wait, where's, a where's Bender's? 806, Salvanas. It's great. It's right up the street. They're also really supportive of the station and the comedy oh, festival. Six, I love oh, Bender's. Oh, cool, yeah. Great awesome. back patio. But, I mean, like... I do karaoke, I love that, that's in a bar, like all the things, I just can't, I just.
1: You've made your life work with it.
4: I've made my life work with it, but I mean there's a lot of things that I have negated, I have some relationships that I don't have anymore because of it, but they've never been, my, the bad things that have happened to me have never been so severe that I'd be like, this is the time to quit. Mm.
2: Mm. Yeah. I so I don't know. Well, um, You're
1: kind of a normie.
2: I was going to say, thanks for sharing that. That's so cool. Um, I really appreciate that. I was just thinking, you know, we do a lot of, uh, yeah, in, the, in this society that we're a part of, we do a lot of relating to one another. So I'm like getting to know you and relating. And I was just thinking, just riffing off of that, that I worked in the um, the wine industry um, in Northern California. Uh in for many years, like six, seven years, and uh, and I was paid in, uh, when I was a seller rat, uh, you know, not being paid as a quote, intern. Um, not like our intern here who, you know, we're paying all kinds of money to, but um, I was also paid in wine and, uh, and I was totally into it. I think I actually joke that like, hey, you know, I, I mean, I love the wine industry. I still love it, you know, being sober. And I appreciate it, and I appreciate people's appreciation for that art form, and and pairings, and going with food, and all that whole culture is, is very romantic. But um, I was just thinking, when you mentioned that, I was just thinking about how I used to get paid in wine, and we would trade. You know, inevitably we make wine, and. We acquire bottles, we trade with other wineries, we trade for food because then, like, wine goes hand in hand with food and the service industry and our accounts are restaurants and bars. So I just related to you on, like, being in that life for uh, about six or seven years and um, I actually worked, uh, you know, so even sober I still have my stash of wine and I still trade it for stuff and not sex or anything, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, hey. I, Hey, you know, <laughs> that, would, that would be cool, but... Um, That's got to
4: be hard. You still have a stash of wine.
2: Yeah, so... How does that work if you're sober? Well, this is what I was... Um, yeah, this is what I was thinking about, is that, like, I still love, like... I don't... I was a I was a bar hound. I was going out all the time, just nonstop, all day, and... Uh, but um, today, it's like... Yeah, you won't find me out there at my watering holes, like... Namely... You won't find me at seven hundred club, a five hundred club, yeah. seven hundred club. Hey, hey, <laughs> I guess all that drinking did something to my memory. But uh,
1: both are religions.
2: You won't, uh, you won't find me at five hundred club anymore. But um, you will find me at a bar celebrating a birthday or friends or after work. Yesterday, um, yesterday, that was something. Hey, I made some notes, and I was gonna, I was gonna refer to my notes here. But uh, yesterday, I. Um, Got out of work and I got to hang out socially for the first time with my hairstylist and um, and my former colleague who introduced me to my hairstylist and we were hanging out downtown I suppose near Dragon's Gate I don't know if you'd call that downtown but I found they have this regular bar and um, one of them identifies he just straight up publicly identifies as a you know happy alcoholic you know and um, and. Uh, it was cool hanging out with them. We were like a spectrum. Like, he was on one end just going nuts and berserk. And then my friend um, was more tame and moderate. But she did say that... Um, she did share with him... We're actually, like... We're very simpatico. I think we just have this, like, bond. Even though, you know, we just gotten to know each other over the last year. But she was saying that uh, very calmly. And she was like, yeah, you know, I... Uh, Anyways, we were talking about leaving, like, hours before we actually left, and she just kept saying, like, oh, you know, once I... Once I have that drink, you know, I, I'm going to order another one and then another one and another one. So I was hanging out with them till like 1.30. Nice. And I'm out at a bar, you know. Right. And, and so anyways, that was a long.
4: we you drinking water? Yeah. What do you drink? Oh, you yeah. don't want to drink sugary things. It's like you don't want to get soda because that's probably not very good well, for you either.
2: I will say, I mean, I am a, I'm a sugar junkie. No. So uh, I have other issues. You know, have, <laughs> as we say, I have outside issues. Um, so, I mean, I... I have, anyways, yeah, so I will say what I was drinking, and I noticed this, Pam, actually, that, um... Mocktails and like refreshing um, non-alcoholic stuff is becoming popular. I'm noticing it on bar menus, like Trick Dog, which is just down the street from here. They have it in their menu. They have like $15 non-alcoholic wow. drinks that they have printed in their menu that are targeting me. You know, right? Wow. You will you will find me. Good at, for them You though, will find though, me I at mean. Trick Dog sometimes, and so I am drinking those sugary, refreshing. I love a bar, even when I was drinking. Um, I loved bars that had uh, juice, sweet, sque- fresh juice squeeze juice you know those juicers and uh if i see that now and i'm out at a bar i just get some grapefruit juice uh or oj or whatever and otherwise i drink um uh seltzer water yeah so anyways yeah long answer to your good question
4: (laughs) yeah well i mean but you're out that's the thing that's so hard is that i didn't there was a point where i didn't drink i couldn't because of the dui and i was in very much trouble and it was everywhere. Everywhere I turned, everywhere I looked was alcohol. There were, there were billboards. There were bodegas. There were bar. It was like I couldn't, like it was insane to me. Like, and I didn't recognize it until it, until I sort of took it out of my. And i mean, We are. Our society is obsessed with selling yeah, alcohol. definitely.
1: We, it's like, everywhere.
4: It's. Everywhere, it's everywhere. Yeah. And and I didn't really r- recognize it until I stopped and I just everywhere I looked, it was like calling me. That's, <laughs> like, that's, Come back. I mean, that's
1: it's woven into the fabric of society. It's in television and movies and advertisements everywhere. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. It, it everywhere. is the most popular drug that is legal. Yeah. Yeah.
4: It's and it's and it is a real drug. That's why they have the the ABC. The alcoholic beverage control board, or whatever, to, to oh, right. monitor it because it's yep. it's a drug.
1: It is, it is, and it's affecting it. Uh, you know, those of us who have a problem with it and and get help, we realize that we're affected. Yeah. And uh, but you have a different story, and that's cool too. Well,
4: it's it's when do you when do you when does one recognize that one needs help? Mm-hmm. Like, and I mean, I guess. Uh, I have a joke that I do sometimes about um, I tell my boyfriend when if I get home from a bar and I decide to sleep on the carpet with my jeans on, don't take my pants off. Those act like a sponge because sometimes I pee pee myself. And so I don't do it in bed. So drunk Pam goes like, hey, sleep on the ground outside the bed with your pants on because that way it's easier to clean up you know, the carpet than it is anything else. So, but that, but that for me should be probably a warning sign, but I'm like, well, I'll just sleep with my jeans on, on the carpet. It's okay. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like, when, you know, what is, what is, and, and I don't get embarrassed at things. So, like, it's not gonna be an embarrassing thing I do that makes me stop. And that's the question is like, I don't know. When did, do you guys wanna share when you decided to stop? Like, what was like the thing that you're like, this is it?
1: Uh, for me, uh, it happened, you know, the the day of discovery was the day after Bastille Day, um, July 15th, and I realized that uh, I couldn't keep waking up in random places in my apartment or on the street, um, you know, either, you know, uh, having been sick recently or you know i just i realized that that uh, it was killing me I, I it's hard to describe but um i uh i had gone 6 months without working i was uh like i had no limits i drank a li- olympic levels of of liquor and beer i would come home from bevmo looking like a sherpa with you know <laughs> Like a, the giant double backpack that the couriers use when they, uh, you know, when they're sh- taking large shipments. Like I, you know, I would get like three or four of the the six packs of Guinness, and you know, a bunch of Scotch, like the jug handled Scotch, and for like you know, a weekend. And I'd stock for- up with my my weed dealer, f- you know, for a couple of ounces for like a week. You know, that would get me through a week, and it was it was an intense amount of liquor. It was like. Uh, Half a magnum or something. Anyway, so um, you know, I just ended up blowing all my money and you know weakening myself. I finally got around to going to the doctor, and he did the blood liver crits thing where they, you know, he said, "Look, you're 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 killing your liver and uh, you're killing yourself," and um, got the stern talking to. But I, I, I just, you know, I always also realized I'd lost most of my friends. Oh. Um, like you know we, we've all got endless stories and you know one of the ones that really woke me up was some friends invited me to their wedding on an island off of Maine and you know, where, where she grew up and um had her heterosexual couple and they uh were um and I just got so drunk that um oh we lost the music how did we lose the music
4: I I love this story. I'm I'm scintillated. um, I'm like, you're you're at a wedding uh, on the coast of Maine. (laughs) And
1: and I just kept getting progressively more drunk and more drunk at the wedding, like the morning of the wedding. And just it peaked throughout the day. And then finally, um, the night you know in the evening after the wedding they, they had a bonfire on the beach and I was that guy oh, yeah. that you see in movies that was just like screaming and like flailing and falling over and trying to get in fights with people and <laughs> um and it was it was horrible and they uh you know they they more or less sort of disowned me you know they kind oh. of broke up with me and I you know I eventually reached out to them years later but you know it it's, that's when you know you have a problem is that you've destroyed some friendships that were Did, valuable to you.
4: Were they um, on your your list of amends? Did you feel like yeah. you, you went through? and how? But that's the thing is if you're drunk, how do you remember all the shitty things you do? That's one of the beauties of getting blackout drunk is that I don't remember. So it's like, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> so it's like, how do you even know?
1: Because who'd... I took pictures. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely the that's the the comedian side pam i like that. how do you yeah. how
4: do you know who to make amends to if you can't remember anything it's like because sorry everybody just one big blanket sorry on facebook does that cover it is that okay
1: like when you see a a, a friend the next day and they look they just stare at you and they say kevin i uh, Cornelius, I didn't know you were like that. I think um, I
2: think it's very quickly we're gonna break down that, <laughs> that anonymity barrier.
1: <laughs> Whoops.
3: <laughs>
2: it's your it's your it's, first
4: joke. People probably don't know to listen yet. Yeah. It's, exactly. Well, and the thing well, with oh. it's the more that the more the way that it works too is the more that you push it, the more people will listen. So, if you don't want to push this, just you can just let it be like whatever on that one. But and you just don't just just spread it
2: around. No, it's cool. No, we we're do. gonna get your wisdom. But on that note, actually, I can definitely tell you. You. I know one person is listening. Oh, right on! Because I've been texting with it right now. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and and um, people
4: can always call in at 415 yeah. so, Oh, and then they, then you could and then you could learn the phone too. Hey, the Bud, little light will the flash. That's 511 <laughs> to be directly into the studio and, here at uh, Mutiny Radio FM.
2: My friend, who I hope will call soon just said that you were awesome, Pam, which oh. of course, I mean, it's like, you know what you're doing, <laughs> but, uh, he just mentioned
4: that. I love, I love <laughs> radio stuff. That's great. <laughs> How do we bring up the phone? Um, Sorry. yeah. Oh, when it, when, so when the phone, we, we, we'll lift the veil for everybody listening. When the phone rings, it doesn't actually ring. It's that little light square up there and it goes flash, 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 flash. Ah. And then you pick up the phone and you ask the caller for permission, um, to put them live on air and then you press the little white button on the little black box next to the phone, and a little red light will come on. And then on the board, it says phone. It's the red toggle on the board. And um, it says phone, and then you just bring it up. And then they hear you through the microphone, and you hear them through your headphones, because it's all patched into the board.
1: Sorry, where is the toggle?
4: Um, On the board itself, it says phone. It's the red one. Oh. And, um, and and again, everything is—it's so manual. It's we're so there. You go. So we have Kirsten. a call. So you pick up the phone. You're like, "How are you doing? Can you be live on here?"
1: Press the white button,
4: <laughs> and then they. And then they say,
1: Do you leave the phone off though?
4: Yeah, what you do is when you press the white button, you can hang up the phone and then you'll hear them through the press the white button on the black box.
2: Hey, bud, I'm I'm putting you on the air.
4: And then you hang up, now hang up the phone once that little red light is on. And now when you bring up that little toggle, you can say, Hey, how you doing? And you're going to hear them.
2: Hey, what's up, bud? Thanks for calling into High Spirits what's going on oh, there it is so and usually when you have a caller
4: you want to pull out the music because it can be a little distracting just because you have a person on the phone and you have music behind it so perfect
2: first first uh first time caller long time listener welcome to zoo radio <laughs> am
1: i on yeah, yeah, hey, yeah you're, you're,
2: just, you're live you're hey. on uh Whoa. mutinyradio.fm
5: high welcome spirits. to high
1: spirits
5: it's an honor to, to be your first caller in your new show. I'm
2: very excited <laughs> to listen every Friday night. <laughs> thanks, thanks, bud. I'm wondering. Hey, can I uh, can I use your name? <laughs> yeah, of course. Oh yeah, so it's uh, we got Chuck here. Chuck is uh, one of my best friends, and he just called in. He's our longtime listener, first time caller.
5: <laughs> Absolutely, so, every Friday
2: night. So I'll maybe be here. Uh, maybe since you're on, uh, you know, ostensibly we're a show about. Uh, sobriety alcohol you know what people do um with that stuff you know we were talking with Pam about normies alcoholics recovery um I think of you uh as a as a normie I know we've had some conversations
5: uh I get uh gosh we're talking about my so I've actually cut alcohol out because 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 of my uh my poor diet and my uh, saturated fats are tremendously high, and I don't want to get pancreatitis. Oh, uh, pancreatitis! So I stopped drinking as well. Actually.
4: But uh, so you went to the you went into the doctor, and they said you're gonna yeah, die. Yeah, no,
5: oh, yeah, oh, uh, yeah. So I went to the doctor, um, and they're like, Hey, your triglycerides are like 15, or no, like eleven hundred.
4: What's a triglyceride? So like, hey,
5: if you if you if you if you if you drink, and your triglycerides are this high then you're basically going to get pancreatitis, which is like inflammation of your pancreas.
2: Wait, uh, hold on. Let me interrupt you real quick, Chuck. Yeah. Um, I like totally missed everything that you just said, bro. Um, Hold on. Is this something that you... Wait, pancreatitis? Yeah, pancreatitis. When was this?
5: No, I've never had it. I'm just saying you're at risk if your triglycerides are high.
2: Ah, interesting. Oh, if you can't tell, guys, this guy's a doctor. Oh, <laughs>
5: hey. right on. Oh, oh, even better. My wife's a psychiatrist.
2: Wow. <laughs> oh, oh, here we go. Here's the, the, the jerk Let's go off. down time. the rabbit hole now, baby
4: Access to all the drugs. <laughs> That's right.
2: Wow. I got
5: some Valium, a little Benzo. Oh, I love Benzodiazepines. <laughs> oh. oh, I
4: love, love, love Benzodiazepines. The whole two. Tube- Pam Norco family to take
5: off the pain she's she, she's listening right now she's gonna she's gonna hit me later but that's
2: okay oh she's your wife is listening
5: yeah I didn't know this is on like a 20 second delay or something right
4: um yeah but you're not delayed from us when we're talking but the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah if you're but if, if you were listening on your device it would <laughs> yeah, be exactly. it's like my a my three second delay really it's just sort of like a like, little strange we're echo. getting
5: like super meta we could write like a great short story about this it's so
2: um like what
5: I'm talking to you in the other, yeah.
2: No, what Pam was saying reminded me that like uh, everything we're looking at is in the past. I know everything. Hey in Pam, the past, you're really um,
5: you're really uh, uh, talented at this. Oh. You're, you're definitely a steering Guru in the right direction, and, and I'm sorry I, I didn't catch the other name of the other host.
2: Oh, we didn't give Cornelius. His name. Cornelius. <laughs> Cornelius. Oh, hey, yeah. by the way, Chuck, don't use my name.
5: <laughs> They're
4: trying to stay anonymous for now. Uh, hey. Press radio. radio.
2: Hey, you're you're uh, you're Chuck, but I'm uh, yeah yeah okay got it yeah I think I think maybe I'll break with that pr- soon enough. <laughs> but um, yeah, so you were saying uh, about high triglycerides, pancreatitis, yeah. whatever. But, but, um, you know, I've known you for a long time, you know, we partied back in the day, right? We,
5: we partied a lot in our, in our twenties.
2: Yeah. Uh, so how'd would, you, how'd you manage, you know, and how'd I, how do I get jacked up? You know, Hey, don't, don't, uh, well, don't talk about me. Just talk about you. <laughs> All right. Me. Cause okay. I know you're going to well, throw me under the bus.
5: <laughs> absolutely. Okay. Uh, with that in mind, uh, yeah, you know, Uh, during, during, um, after college, um, I went to med school in Los Angeles and, um, every Thursday, Friday and Saturday, we'd go out partying and, you know, I drank all the time for sure.
4: During Um, med school?
5: You had time to do that? Yeah, definitely. I was, I was definitely the antithesis of a good
2: med student. (laughs) I remember that. You really came out of your shell back then. Yeah,
5: I, I came out of my shell. I was, um, you know, I didn't. Particularly well in med school, but somehow I graduated. Oh, I didn't. And, um, and but then during you know, after that, we we do residency, um, I didn't drink that much because I was just tired all the time.
2: Yeah, you know, Um, I will say, um, just uh, on that, that, uh, yeah, you can reserve uh, any judgment on, on your buddy here, but when you talk about the med thing, it's like me, on the other hand, uh, we were talking about um bottoms and what brought us in earlier right um yeah. uh, my co-host here was talking about it and there's a lot of uh, i think that I had a lot of bottoms and one actually brought me into this uh this society uh that that's that I think is awesome but uh, there were many before that and you know I do look at uh, of course these are my decisions I'm I'm personally responsible for my life and my decisions but um on the on the med school thing you know it's like well i i totally threw that stuff away you know whereas you know you were you, uh, you were you uh,
5: took, took that you took the mcat you took the mcat twice right
2: yeah hey exactly. you don't That's have to score. you don't have to rub it in you know right hey you
5: were going to be a
1: doctor wait you, you were in med school <laughs> he,
5: he, he he could have gotten into med school easily with his mcat score he's actually Contrary to, to what his expectations are now, he's actually a pretty smart guy.
2: But I will say that... You know, I never would have guessed that. This is what we're exactly. talking about. You know, alcoholism can really derail can de- really derail people. And you don't know yeah. what's going on necessarily, you know? And it's like, again, I, I I've learned actually in our society to accept personal responsibility, which is something that I had some challenges with in the past, you know? I would...
5: Yeah, I would argue that the, around the time that you were thinking about going to med school, you were probably already a functioning alcoholic at that time.
2: Jeez, now you're telling me, you know, you never told me, you never told me to, to clean up my act, you know, when, I've when
5: I was you younger.
2: Oh, Pam. Isn't,
5: isn't one of the first tenets of of, um, of Alcoholics Anonymous to take responsibility for your own actions? Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> whoa, whoa. N- not in those words I, i'm just wondering
4: if what if when you say functioning alcoholic what that looks like
1: is that a normie
4: is that is that yeah because that That's, sounds like that sounds kind of like me yeah,
5: <laughs> like, actually I
3: okay. actually
2: good well, no good I, question absolutely. because you know uh, i guess i
5: don't know at what point uh at what point you 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 cross the, the i think it's a very ambiguous threshold where you go from um functioning to non-functioning right
2: this I, is this uh, is actually actually i was thinking like It's interesting, just doing this, you know, I'm noticing that, like, my body language is changing my posture, you know, how I'm reacting. But then it it dawns with Pam's question, I'm like... We're having a conversation here, and uh, we have this doctor here on the yeah. line who who could be our uh, our lifeline or go-to when we're talking about the medical perspective of alcoholism. But I'm just joking about that. But I am curious, no, curious. about you your can perspective. Get, you can get, yeah. my, you can get yeah. my
5: wife on the line some other time. She can be a, a guest at a future
2: date. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you want to jump in, co-host? I'm just
4: wondering what, what makes one, what the, when you say you're functioning alcoholic, is that just like a drunk? Like I'm just drunk all the time, but I don't,
2: you know, I will say that's a good, I hear that. And actually, um, I don't really abide by that term. I mean, because I think that I think overall, you know, I think we're not functioning in a way, but, but I do get, I mean, if, if, if you're in the depths of alcoholism, but I do get superficially, I I always wonder, like, I'll scratch my head. I'm like, how did this, um, I'm just saying, like, generally, how did this 65-year-old successful lawyer from Stanford um, who has grandkids, how is this guy, uh, not that that's a specific person, but (laughs) there are profiles of people like that. I did live in Palo Alto, and I did encounter people like that. But how does this person... um, how did they get through all that and achieve all of that, you know, right. and they come into the program and they identify as alcoholics and we all relate to each other. And I do wonder, like, I look at them because I'm like, dude, I, I was struggling. You know, I threw a lot of important stuff away and um, I've had to make peace with it. But I do wonder and maybe I even have a little bit of admiration for that person, even if it's misplaced. But anyways, just some
1: thoughts. Just some thoughts there. So how do you define yeah. yourself as as an alcoholic, Pam? Like how many drinks I per week would you say that oh, you consume? Oh, per week,
4: cheese. Well, because it depends how many days a week I'm working in the bar. So oh. during a shift, which is like six hours long, and if I stay after, I'll have like now, and this is the way I've curved it recently. So I used to have five racer fives, but just because it's called racer five doesn't mean you have to have five of them. But I, I lately now I've been having still five drinks during a six hour time period, but I've been switching off between IPAs and Oli's. So last night I had, I had a racer five and then an Oli and then a racer five and then an Oli and then an Oli. Then an Oli. So I still had five years, but I've been trying to like not always have, so I didn't always like IPAs, but they have more alcohol. So it's really like a, a money choice of like, I love IPAs now because they're just higher alcohol content.
2: That's a good point. And yeah. so,
4: but I don't, if I drink five of them, like I'm effusive to everyone on the bus, you bus, you know, on the way home, I'm like, Hey, let's make yeah. friends. And I don't know. Um, but I would say, um, five drinks, uh, maybe four days a week. I've only had one so far today. Um, but last night I, last night I had five, but then I t- went, went front, my friend Aaron, we went to his, I, he taught me how to play drums in his studio at like three in the morning and we, and I probably had two more Modellos. So I had seven last night, oh, yeah. but over, over a period of time from, from five o'clock until four in the morning, I had seven, but I'm also a tiny person. So I was pretty wasted last night. Mm, yeah. Like, but yeah. I remember everything. So...
2: Oh, that's a good, um, well, first of all, I wanted to say I've heard your racer five jokes, (laughs) um, which I love, but what about racer 10? Remember that? That was like Racer uh, 10. yeah. What there was a, like uh, ten years ago. I was at Tornado, which was a watering hole. I used to fill up my uh, Camelback at Tornado. You know, next to Rosamond. And, well, right. Hey. Yeah, yeah. I would go in there, and um, I mean, this is like the kind of stuff I used to do. I'd take my. Um, you fill
1: the Camelback. My
2: camelback up, up with uh, Racer Ten. You know, like, oh. <laughs> and they just charged <laughs> me like six bucks. You know, like
1: just like a pint. And um, that's that, amazing. That's but what I would do. But uh, where did you? I mean, a Camelback. Is the thing that, that, like, runners and cyclists wear when they go on a, you know, yeah, when they it's go a, exercising. It's so a, where did you wear your Camelback back? Just, a, just around.
2: Around <laughs> town. Just, around hey, town. Just, a, just a man about town. <laughs> you know? sipping,
4: on the, um, sipping on the juice.
2: So, um yeah, but uh, I was thinking that's about great, that racer start, deal. Yeah. And, and that's, um, hey, Chuck, are you still there?
4: Yeah. So you um, as a doctor, is that, I, am I, I drinking have, too much, doctor? Yeah.
5: So I do have a, a comment, actually. So um, you, you were asking about the, the line between functional and, and non-functional. There's there's a screen we use in, in medicine, medicine all the time. It's called the CAGE questionnaire. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with it.
4: CAGE questionnaire. Nope. Yeah.
5: Uh, do you want to play? Sure, sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, so the concept is it's four questions. Um, CAGE is an acronym for these questions. And if you have two yes responses, then it indicates possible alcoholism.
4: Oh, okay. CAGE. Yeah. CAGE me. So,
5: All right. So the first question is, have you ever felt you needed to cut down on your drinking? Yes. All right. Number two, have people annoyed you by criticizing your drinking? No. Three, have you ever felt guilty about drinking?
4: Because I've got to say yes. Sure. Okay. I'm 44 years old. I've had some regrets.
5: Sure. As, 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 well said. As, as, <laughs> well said. As anybody, anybody. And yet
1: over the you age of sound 20, like probably. you've yeah you've, a, you've struck a balance in your life with yeah, it.
5: Maybe. It's, what's the What's the fourth question? The last one is: um, Have you ever felt you needed a drink first thing in the morning, i.e., an eye opener to steady your nerves or to get rid of a hangover?
4: No.
2: Okay. No. And that's, so, that's hair of the dog, right, as they that's say? That's
4: hair of the dog. No, I don't.
1: But you're also not asking what's morning, what's night.
4: Right, exactly. <laughs> well, right. I will
1: say on that
2: note, uh, my co-host whose name I was about to divulge, um, on that note, I do share this with our fellow society members that i um, I never thought, you know, we in, in the in the program, the there is literature, someone puts it out where there are these 20 questions. And uh, at some point, I became familiar with those 20 questions. And in a blackout, I have a friend from high school who reminded me years after I was sober, that I asked her, to read me these questions in this pamphlet, and said, "Hey, I identify with a lot of this. Am I an alcoholic?" And I'm like, "Now you tell me." Six years late, eight years later, you tell me that I was asking you this. Thanks, um, but um, anyways, uh, I was uh, thinking about how I do share that I I did think I did think. You know what? The defining characteristic. Of an alcoholic is that they have to have a drink in the morning and so I was like I was even though I didn't really know much about it or didn't give much thought to having a drinking problem um, ever I thought everything else was my problem you buddy, parents, work, whatever I blamed everybody you know that as I was saying about the personal responsibility thing that I had trouble with but but um i I never thought I was I never would have thought I was an alcoholic or that I had a problem with alcohol because I never had a drink in the morning but I woke up at 1 PM
3: oh. and
2: I, and I had a drink at, I had a drink by two, by 2 PM, you know, 1 30, 1 30 PM, 2 PM. And you know, so in, just to get your day booted up.
4: Morning night. Where is it? So, so those four questions. So you would say, because I, I answered yes to two that I could potentially have a problem.
5: Correct.
4: Gotcha. But what do you yeah, think about like a- seven beers, seven beers over like 10 hours or just because I've, I've seen this stuff about binge drinking and it's like for a lady right. my size, more than three drinks is kind of considered binge drinking. And I'm like, God, yeah. that really more than three drinks.
5: Mm-hmm. I would I would say seven over 10 hours is is a lot.
2: Oh, OK. Dr. Charles. I mean, I mean,
5: maybe maybe health wise, you, your body can metabolize it, but it's it's still a lot of drinks. And if you're averaging, you know, five, like like what? Over five days. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I think that's on the higher side for sure. Yeah, and I'm not—I'm not casting judgment. I'm just trying to be objective.
4: Oh no, no! Hey, I yeah. i i gotcha. I mean, and, but yeah. it's so funny because I work in a bar, so
5: people yeah, actually make fun
4: of me for like because I don't take shots anymore. There's a couple rules I made. Like when I was like, I ten years ago, I was like super. If you would have asked me those questions, things would have been very. T- ten years ago, I was like. Blacking out all the time. Waking up in strange people's houses. Oh. Uh, just, I was very... And, but what I did, I stopped drinking whiskey after dark and I don't take shots anymore, but I work in a bar and people are like, Thanks. they're like shots, sure. shots, shots. Do you want a shot? Yeah. I'm like, no, I don't do shots. And they look at me like, you don't do shots. And it's kind of become this joke around the bar that like, I'm this really responsible drunk person. Cause I won't take shots. <laughs> I'm like, okay, like that makes me the most responsible person here. Oh, all right. But it's almost encouraged that we drink at work, which is like, I mean, it's a dream come true for me. <laughs> I'm
3: like,
4: so anyways yeah i mean talking about this with you guys it's important stuff i think Uh, i have friends that wake up especially since i'm in bar culture i have friends that wake up and and they do need an eye opener or they're they're shaky and when they get to the point where they get shaky and then i've always wondered yeah so is that dt's or what is what is the shaky thing yeah, that's DT's delirium is tremens.
1: It? I thought DTs yeah. was uh like when you're hallucinating and seeing pink elephants. Oh no stuff. no 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 no.
5: Delirium tremens is, is the definition is your 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 hands are shaking.
1: A trembling
2: tremens gotcha. Isn't delirium tremens the name of like an IPA or something? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is, it is. Oh, that, that, is, is e- that is nasty. Pretty, it is a yeah. it's a blue uh, can with a pink, pink elephant. elephant. Yeah, and, and <laughs> that's it. Zeitgeist. That's a, yeah. They have that painted on the on the back uh, of the, the patio in Zeitgeist. The, yep. And I mean that was like just a badge of courage for me back in the day. You know, this is so amazing. But uh, really,
4: like you, because you were shaky in the morning. Were uh, both of you. No,
2: actually, you know. Oh, I, I mean, I'm just jumping into your guys' good oh, okay. deal. But um, I don't. Uh, I don't really recall the the DTS. Mm-hmm. You know, honestly, I think I think different people experience it differently. But I will say this: getting up in the afternoon, um, then having that, going to have that drink. I felt uneasy until I had it, uh-huh. you know, right? So I, I didn't have the DTs, but I felt off kilter. Sure. You know, okay. So. No, no.
4: Hey, I understand like you, it, it's the same thing. It's the way I, it's the way I feel about marijuana. Like when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is smoke pot. Like I, sometimes even before I go potty, <laughs> like I'll, and even if I'm going potty in the middle of the night and I see the bong, I'll probably take a rip off it. Like, uh-huh. I mean, oh, nice. I, cause I smoke a ungodly amount of marijuana and because I do feel uneasy sort of without it like I can get I'm just a much nicer more agreeable human being when I'm high
2: yeah you know I mean I will (laughs) say no I mean um wait are you high now
4: um, I haven't smoked in, I haven't smoked in probably like since before you guys came. So no, not anymore. But I was going to no. say,
2: cause I was going to say, I mean, hi or not, you're awesome. But, uh, I was going to say that that got me thinking about how, dude, you know what? Um, I'm cool with all of that legalization, people enjoying themselves. You know, I have no, um, prohibition on it. And I think that's, that's so awesome. I think that all this stuff around like, uh, microdosing or, uh That's crazy, oh, right? yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to, I'm not going to say that I like endorse it, but I think experimenting with it, expanding your mind, figuring stuff out, curing mental illness. If that's all part of the package, you
4: know, right. Well, there are not they using, um, your psychiatrist's wife could tell us, aren't they using MDMA now to, um, for PTSD, for soldiers and stuff like that. You, Yeah. And absolutely. for marriage they're counseling. Using, um, yeah. So it's. I mean, See, there is a medicinal MDMEA for PTSD. Yeah, exactly.
2: Are you
1: are you for medicinal poopies? Are you, asking,
2: are you yeah. asking your wife right now?
5: <laughs> yeah. Oh, and she, she had a correction. It's it's just withdrawal. Delirium tremens is actually a more severe form of withdrawal. Oh.
4: So, so when people are shaking in the morning, it's just it's just withdrawal With, symptoms. It's it, like that's correct. It's just like when you're withdrawing from heroin or that's correct something. That that, I mean I guess, that's the hardest. I have a friend who right now is falling down the rabbit hole with heroin, and I don't know what to do. Or he's homeless again, and and I don't even know how to approach people to get them help. Because like I'd like to drag him to the hospital and be like, fix him. How do you? What do you? I mean, you're a doctor. How do you? How do you? I mean, is it? So do you see a lot actually, of like fentanyl that, yeah. things, or like it seems like everyone's on heroin
5: right oh, now? Yeah. Well, yeah. So, so, so incidentally, it's interesting that you you ask because my wife actually is a homeless doctor. Oh. Um, Wait, she's and, homeless. <laughs> yeah. You guys, and, and, you guys
2: have a nice place.
5: Uh, good one, Guru. Um So, oh, she's obviously so serious. in San Francisco, there's an epidemic of homelessness and and mental health and um, and um, drug abuse go hand in hand, mm. but like. Like when they, when somebody, like a homeless person, you know, they're, they're, they're high or whatever. Like you know, people don't want to deal with it, right? There's such a, there's so many homeless people downtown. So then they get bounced to the emergency room, oh. and once they get to the emergency room, the the doctors there, they don't want to deal with it. They got, they guys they have to take care of car accidents and heart attacks and strokes, right? So they just control the stuff, and then they they turf the homeless person back on the street. Oh. So mm-hmm. it's like right now in medicine, it's like. Where's like what, what's 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 the, the the medical community's responsibility towards these homeless people? It's like do you do you just is it just the absence of symptoms like hey you're healthy you can walk then oh. then, then go on your way or is it the is it the healthcare healthcare um complexes uh, responsibility towards these homeless people because we have to take care of the whole person we have to take think about the social aspects as well. Wow. So. It's a, it's a huge conundrum right now. And it's,
4: it's a huge epidemic because uh, of the whole fentanyl thing and over prescribing of opiates oh, and absolutely. Yeah,
5: oxycodone. Yeah. So when I went to yeah. med school 10 years thing. ago, they, they told me, like, hey, pain is a fifth vital sign, right? After blood pressure, heart rate, um, uh, breaths, and, and, and temperature. So, so the fifth vital sign was actually created by pharmaceutical companies, and they oh. disseminated this throughout the medical literature so that we we they wanted doctors to be able to control pain with all these opioids and obviously now we know that that was the exact wrong mistake and now it's you know killing thousands of people every year yeah, of yeah.
4: and it it's um it things are uh, now they're putting fentanyl in everything and i don't understand there was three kids super strong it's crazy stuff it's and
5: exactly yeah. and it's you know been, that's what that's what michael jackson died from oh, his, really? his cardiologist prescribed yeah. an overdose of fentanyl he ended up dead before he got to the emergency room. And
1: fentanyl is fentanyl and oxy like oxycodone is like one and a half times stronger than morphine. I was just reading Yeah. This. Yeah. But I don't know fentanyl if exactly is some, I know
5: fentanyl is like something like even higher. So times stronger than like yeah. um, than like Oxycontin or something.
1: It's crazy.
4: There were there were three yeah. kids that died uh, last year on Hate Street. They thought they were yeah. doing speed and it was laced with fentanyl and they all died.
5: Oh, yeah, gosh. yeah. I mean, fentanyl uh, is what you do before, what anesthesiologists use before they put people under, uh, right, for surgeries, for it, open-heart it, surgeries. It, right?
1: oh. In the 1990s, there was a, uh, there was like a, uh a, a, a a terrorist takeover of a Moscow theater house, and um, and the police decided to use fentanyl to gas the theater to knock oh, everybody out what? in order to rescue the you know the theater goers from wow. the uh, the Chechen separatists, and um, ended up killing like one third of everybody oh, there because no they had way. there was no way to know how strongly it would dose any one particular person like you know people of all ages died it was a horrible Right. Thing.
4: well it's like the little boy who died because um, he went to the pool and he stepped on someone's old fentanyl patch or something and oh. he died wow. and they couldn't his they couldn't figure it out they're like how did this Ten-year-old boy died of a fentanyl overdose. That's crazy. And they figured it must have been from the from the, the pool because they came back from the pool, and then the little boy died. And it was like, what? It's yeah, fentanyl's. Wow. But that's the thing is like, where did it come from? And everybody's on it. And I and there's so many people overdosing. Uh, in 2017, 58,000 people died from opiate overdoses. Oh wow. Um, and that's like if we filled up the entire um, giant stadium with people And they all died wow. That's how many people died in one year In That's 2017 insane. And are, what's happening about it Is our president doing anything Are they talking about it anywhere What like where, It's a national epidemic It's killing people And do we just go Eh,
1: okay I, I was just reading that it took uh, Four people who had victims In their families Of oxycodone overdose um, Like Com, you know continually like with lawsuits going to speaking in front of Congress writing op-eds like just you know th- they devoted their lives full time to this they formed an a- uh, an activist network it was something called rap rapP and um, I don't know what it stands for sorry but um, it, it it took that to finally get, uh, a, a strong judgment against the company that runs, you know, that produces Oxycontin, Oxycodone. Right. Um, and uh, but, it, but it didn't come from Congress. It didn't come from the president. It, it, you know, it didn't even come from, I mean, there's been national outcry. There's been films made about it. It shows up in television all the time, like on cop shows and, sure. uh, you know, somebody gets busted with Oxy. But, you know, it didn't come from the top down. It came from the bottom up
4: which is fight. A, is which is a travesty because we, do we i mean How much do we care about people? You're a doctor. Like how much? Although I've always wondered, being a doctor must be so hard because if someone comes in and they're hurt, you have to save them. What if they're like a bad person? Like you don't get to make that judgment
5: call. Well, no. Well, actually, or what do you refer to? What What do you mean by bad person? Like they're like a Nazi? No, like like yeah, or they're trying to ask, hit me up for like um, opioids.
4: No, like um, like someone who, let's say, there's a gunshot victim and the person yep. who shot that person comes in but they are also hurt you're like uh, i have yeah, to save yeah, yeah. you i
5: it's, know that you're this happens all the time yeah it's uh it's uh you know at least it's i think it's my personal belief i think um, most people would agree that that you just treat the person regardless of of, of what they did right so like when people ro- roll into the er like terrorists right they you take care of the victims but then sometimes the terrorists are injured and then the doctors will take care of the terrorists too even though, even though, even if formally they just want them to die, right? And then after they, they you 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 um you you make them stable, and then they they can go over to the police, and then and then get 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 due justice. With and the then
4: law.
1: get beat up by the police.
5: Sure. <laughs> okay. Hey, you know if they're terrorizing people or whatever, yeah. So
1: we um, have an additional guest who just stepped up. Do you want to say a little bit about yourself? Welcome. Do you, you don't our have to first identify show. yourself?
6: I can't hear anything. <laughs> Oh there's um, headphones no. behind we the can
2: door hear you, Yeah,
6: we can hear you. I'll
2: get you some headphones. So uh, apparently I have a really squeaky chair.
4: Yeah. <laughs> are they, you're getting text messages. It's are, the microphones are pretty sensitive, so it picks up everything. Like even when I'm I'm terrible and I never turn my phone off and it'll go ding ding and it's like, I'm sorry, radio listener. You're so kind to be listening to mutinyradio.fm. Hi spirits.
2: Oh, that's cool! Yeah, I mean, just <laughs> letting people know what show they're listening right, to, right? So
4: that they You're little listening station to identification.
2: To FM High Spirits. High Spirits. With your unnamed co-hosts and Cornelius. Yeah, yeah
1: Corn- Cornelius and Augustus.
2: Corn- okay, Augustus. Are those the
4: Muppet? Are those the Muppet characters that sit in the top of the? <laughs>
1: there, those were the na- Those were names from the Planet of the Apes.
4: Oh, okay
2: so even we, dorkier uh, deep cut deep cut we have our oh yeah the monkeys so we do have our uh our guest here um who's uh joining us uh you want to i want to preface there?
6: that as an intern i might have strong opinions so you can just fire me <laughs> so this is
2: yeah i didn't want to offend anybody but this is our intern um who will refer to as our intern
6: or I guess I could scrub the toilets. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the.
1: I find this also degrading. <laughs>
4: the, I, hey, I stick my hand in the toilet all the time. It's someone's got to do it. When children ask me, like, "What's it like being in charge of a radio station?" I'm like, "I clean the bathroom every once in a while." That's pretty much. That's what it means. I stick my hand in a toilet.
6: It's actually being an adult. <laughs> being an adult. Oh, cleaning
4: clean the, the toilets. Toilet. Right.
2: I clean the toilet today just because my mom was coming over <laughs> but that only that because you? your mom was coming yeah over. only because and mom if you're listening you're welcome
4: <laughs> <laughs> how clean are you guys does everybody make their bed in the morning most days
2: all of us uh i mean i just put throw my comforter out i don't really make it you, you know? just kind of cover it up yeah exactly that's making the bed. it doesn't look
4: how many pillows do you have do you have lots of pillows do you have throw pillows oh that ma- you make them pretty
6: I just told my friend today that I know I'll be with the one when a person allows me to have like five million pillows yeah. in my bed. So <laughs> I have, have like pillows. eight. Nice. Yeah.
4: yeah, I like to stack them up, make them look pretty. Yep. Yeah, yeah.
1: So ever stuff. since I was a kid, I, uh, I I would go to sleep with all all of my toys on my bed. Oh. I still do.
3: Yes. Yeah. Ask. <laughs> are they still there? Are they still.
1: Well, now I have you know adult things that I. Sleep with on my bed. Oh, you know. All right, what's that? M-
3: yeah. <laughs>
1: microscopes, lasers, uh, an oscilloscope. I, I don't know. I'm a nerd. Oscilloscope. <laughs> my
2: roommate's That's gonna awesome. get an Has been looking for an oscilloscope, bud. So if you have one to sell, really?
1: Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah. What's an oscilloscope? Oh, it's, uh, it's something that you might find in a radio station. You use it to visualize uh, the electrical signals. Oh. So the so the same signal that you see over there on the computer with the um, the audio waveform, sure. you could adjust an oscilloscope to show that very same waveform. For what purpose? But you, you can use it for all different uh, voltage and, and frequency levels. So they can go all the way up to, like, You know, where audio is like 20 to 40 kilohertz um, with an oscilloscope, you can visualize things that are going millions of times per second, like the the waves, you know, the electrical signals inside of computers or radios or cars, that kind of thing. So it's used as as diagnostic equipment to see what the electrical signal is doing and whether it's correct or not.
4: Why haven't we used it to talk to dogs and figure out why those (laughs) whistles are so high-pitched?
1: Wasn't there a Gary Larson cartoon about that? Probably. Um, the Far Side. I'd love to. Oh, yeah. That. So, that- Mad Scientist invents a, a thing that he wears on his head that enables him to hear what dogs are saying when dogs bark. And and then so the cartoon is showing like speech bubbles above oh. all the dogs' heads. And, and every dog is saying, hey, 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 <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Feed me. It's the <laughs> only word in their saying. vocabulary.
4: <laughs> 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 Must love dogs. I'm I think there was a
2: cartoon the where uh, the dog had a whistle for a person. That that's what you're reminding me of. But anyways,
4: <laughs> is that is that one of the the things? Um, one of the premises of um, alcoholism, or when you're not alcoholism, when you when you get into recovery, you you can't have a pet or you can have a pet. Are you allowed to, is that like part of the steps? Like, and now you're allowed to have a pet. Like you're not supposed to have relationships for you, a while. I, that's right? what
2: I was like, where is she going? Well, with yeah, this? but you're not supposed you to know? have relationships.
4: Like, like you're not supposed um, to get into a you intimate know
2: relationship. I do. Want, yeah. I mean, yeah. So it's, uh, on that. Can shall we talk about it seriously guys or,
4: I'm just wondering, like, if, if you're, serious. If you're allowed, like, that's so, so,
2: I will say that um, it's it's unofficial. There's nothing in the literature or anything that says anything about that. About
4: that, relationships that, really? that,
2: that, that you shouldn't that you should oh. or shouldn't get involved with somebody. Um, as far as I know, let me say qualify by saying as far as I know, as a quote, expert or non-expert. But, uh,
6: Book thumper.
2: But, but, um, yeah, thumper. Uh, but I was just going to say, I have never, uh, read that or seen that, but I have seen it as unofficial guidance and you do hear it a lot. There's stuff that's like not in the literature or maybe the core thing that has become like traditions and customs and words of wisdoms that have like grown up around meetings and things like that inevitably. Right. right. And I think that's one that a lot of people say. So I just wanted to, um. Just put my two cents in there. But in my personal experience, actually, I mean, I am a little bit sore about this, that uh, when I came in, you know, I uh, I did want to um, get involved with this, this gal, and, uh, who was actually um, a colleague's daughter, um, and uh, may, maybe or maybe not in the wine industry, but, but uh, yeah, it happened right when I got sober and moved back to California, and... Um, you know, things were getting, things were getting, like, we we're going out on dates and, like, all this kind of stuff. And things were get, definitely getting um, interesting. And there were some moments. But I actually, I remember one time that there was this moment to, like, you know, to to um, make a move or whatever. And I was like, oh, got to go help this heroin addict. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and that was the, like, C block there. I, like, I, heroin addict blocked myself. Right. You know? And um, I think in, um, I mean, while it was happening and in retrospect, I think it is valuable in the sense that when people come in, I it's, it's quite often, I mean, whatever your, um, orientation is, you know, wherever people lean, it's like, in my case, if I'm, uh, dating or interested in women or having relationships with women, it's like, well, inevitably I have some issues and, and baggage and things to work around, um, you know, people as well and relationships as well. So I do think it's. It's good advice, but it, it it should probably be taken with a grain of salt, you know?
4: Would you ever... Um, do you only date sober people, or would you be able to date a person who... <laughs> what, would that just be like a, a deal breaker? Would you just be like, sorry?
2: Well, um, hey, Charles, want to jump in on this?
4: <laughs> but...
5: Um, Actually, I, I think I'm going to. I was going to do an Irish goodbye, but I think I'm going to step out. All right. Hey, all right. thank you. I, I appreciate my extended cameo. Hopefully, I can visit. Hey, thanks, thanks,
2: thanks, Dr. Chuck. And we look forward to having your wife on uh, as our resident pharmaceutical drug expert. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And uh, awesome. Thank you. Um, all right. Take care, people. But, Bye. Uh, Bye. You know, I was going to say, like, well, really, the question is do I date at all?
4: There you go.
2: Oh, learning. Yeah. Um, so actually um you know, I that's a great question. You know, there's a saying um the odds are good but the goods are odd. <laughs> Have you heard that? Yeah, that's... not that I subscribe to that. I think there's amazing people that we come into
1: contact with. Um but uh I think part of the advice is uh kind of about not you know, when someone comes in fresh into the rooms, they're vulnerable and they're they're in withdrawals and they're you know they uh, they may not have a good set of sense of balance about their life at that point. And so, there's kind of a stereotype of men hitting on women who come into the room and are are you know freshly abstaining from alcohol. And um, you know, it's it's sometimes not a good situation, especially for the women. But um, it's because a they're getting harassed, but b they're also um, you know not really getting a, a clear opportunity to uh, experience sobriety um, if if they feel uncomfortable and they're you know they go away from the meetings as a result. So it's, there's a sort of an, un, they, they call that 13th stepping. Oh. You know, it's a 12 step program. The 13th step is men hitting on women. And so <laughs> there's kind of an unspoken or sometimes discussed, uh, you know, thing that we avoid it.
4: Right. It's not a meetup group where you're trying yeah. to, it's I not a place, it's not the place to go meet women or That's actually, it, it. but it actually kind of, I've heard people joke about it, that it actually. It's an awesome place to meet. Well, I mean, I've heard comedians joke about it. Like, yeah, if you want to go to an, an AA meeting, that would be the best know, thing. You know, those to... guys
2: must be super cool because <laughs> uh, it, has, is that, it, it hasn't, hasn't quite happened yet. But I was wondering if our guest has... Uh,
6: um, hashtag Predator. So
2: <laughs> yeah, right. Alien versus Predator or Predator? No,
6: like the men that would go there to think it's a great idea yeah. to like pick up
2: women. Have you had any experiences like that?
6: Um, of people picking me up? Everywhere. Like, <laughs> oh, snap. Not as like a condescending or an egotistical thing, but just like, yeah, I'm I look pretty harmless and they're just like, Oh, I can I can get her. I don't know.
2: Oh. Are you talking about in the rooms or in life?
6: Everywhere. <laughs> oh, nice. Like people will be like walking behind me and be like, Hey, hey mommy I'm like, Are you talking to me? Is
2: that oh yeah is that like Like in the mission in the mission yeah
6: i like it when people call me little mama
4: i actually kind of like that's one of my favorite like if i'm walking down the street and somebody's like hey little mama i'm like yeah all right i like that one i don't find it to be cat calling i'm like it's kind of complimenting a little bit i'm like all right but i also don't like i love cisgender dudes i'm a dude like i'm yeah i love dudes Dudes are great. I
6: thought you were gonna say something else.
4: (laughs) Oh no, no, I just, I just, I just love. I mean, this Mutiny Radio has sort of funny enough become this like safe space for cisgender dudes, like in comedy rooms.
6: What does that mean, by the way? I actually yeah.
4: um, So cisgender means that you identify with the gender that you uh, with the equipment
1: that you were born. You were born with.
4: So. Okay. it's for it's for inclusion of um trans people um it's it was a term it's it's just a sort of pronoun kind of gender identification and that because gender is a construct yeah and um
1: and it's a spectrum yeah, or it's, it's a, a multi yeah axis spectrum like you know it's interesting it's, about it the... it's not just a binary thing and so i think this term cisgender came along because trans people were being, ident- you know, were being shoved into one category or another, so they wanted a way to separate out and say, well, I'm not, you know, who you think I was born as. Right. Um, and, but you are, you know, you identify as male, you were born male, um, you have male equipment, so therefore you're cisgender. Yeah.
6: but to answer your question, I'm actually at that point right now, like I've said, because I, re- <laughs> I recounted my days, And I said that I'm going to give myself, like, a year. So I think I'm just going to date myself for a year. Oh, wow. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought of that right now. Take yourself out to dinner. (laughs) Well, I'll still, like, meet up with friends and meet people, but I just won't get in a relationship. (laughs) Right. Hopefully hold me accountable
2: in this I've room. Been, uh, I've been dating myself for a decade. No,
6: How's that going?
2: <laughs> it's great. Really right. gotten to know myself. Okay. All the nooks and crannies. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> but, whoa. Whoa. Well, hey. is it, <laughs> is, it to, is it to
4: not be in a relationship because you don't want to establish codependency or, I mean, cause I, I mean, I know at least with the way that I've chosen the, the man who came in and kissed me and said, hello, that's my boyfriend of six years. And we, met at a bar we both drink a lot and we have very similar amounts of alcohol that we consume um yeah and and we support each other through that and it's 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 fine but we have a I mean we have a pretty codependent relationship and I I I think we enable each other in lots of ways but don't you with every relationship aren't you somehow enabling somebody in any relationship
6: yes Totally agree, And I think at least for me, that's what I learned is like putting healthy boundaries, being more aware. Um, these are like all very cheesy things, but they actually, I feel like it has made my life better. And like, I always, I have a lot of slip ups. Like I just got out of a relationship and that was like definitely codependent. But I was like, at least this time around, aware of it. Oh. And like, I was more... Like I also knew that, like getting into it, I was like, yeah, there there are red flags, but now i'm I'm able to like see why I'm choosing to ignore that red flag. like I know what I need to work on myself now, hopefully
4: choosing <laughs> to ignore red flags,
6: yeah, yeah, so. yeah
4: hmm. i there was there's one right before my DUI, there was a person who pointed out some red flags for me, and he was like. Watching you right now is like watching a train and you know that the track doesn't exist in a mile and you're just chugging along. You're like, full steam ahead. Let's go. And he was like, there's no track over here. You're going to derail. Seriously. And he's like, he was like watching you as I, what led up to my DUI. He was like, you could see the progression. I couldn't see it at all. But he was like, it was like standing and waving like, and I was like, oh, I didn't even see that until after. And then I was like, Whoa. And then I went to all those DUI classes and I was like, wow. Yeah. I mean, drinking and driving was a huge problem for me that I just didn't even acknowledge because everyone did it. And that was like, uh, so, but it was well, I mean, and it's, and at that, at that time in my life, I reexamined my relationship with alcohol. Um, but now I'm like, eh, I'm 44. Everything I think, but, but then, but I mean, back then, if the doctor would have been online with me and like, how many drinks do I drink? I was drinking like, 12 drinks a night, which is, I think, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That I think it was so. like that's a lot, and it was wine too. It was wine. I really liked wine. But that's the other wine thing is great. when you're really rich. Whoa. I used to be really rich with my ex-husband, and when you're rich, and you're drinking expensive wine, you don't feel like. I'm being this, you don't recognize the alcoholic tendencies because it's like expensive. And so it's almost forgiven. Like, you know, like if you buy a bottle of $90, a $90 bottle of wine, it's like, well, you've got to finish it. You're not going to open and not finish it. (laughs) But it's so that kind of stuff
2: anyway. Yeah. That, that's, um, that actually reminds me about how, you know, we have these things like humans, like coffee, beer, wine, um, pot, these things like wine, I feel like has been the gold standard for sophistication Mm -hmm. and expensiveness and, you know, culinary development and, you know, billions of dollars and, and, and um, you know, French refinement or whatever. And now then you started you see that in beer, right? right. Beer is trying to beca- all the micro brews yeah. and craft beers mm. and here's our like uh Chimay and whatever and I mean Chimay's been around forever, right? But uh but I was just thinking and then with coffee, you know, you they say there are these waves of coffee. I, you know, my co host may know more about that, but but um like we're we're super uh lucky to have a great coffee scene here but there's this like coffee snobbery and and in san francisco everyone has their little roastery and you're paying like ten dollars for a for a latte and it's like elevated but okay i'm getting to this the point is and and with weed it's the same thing oh, too. Yeah. Now. Oh, all the God. cultivars and and all the you know there's um there's uh my friend is in the business and and she showed me that there's like there's like uh, suppositories, you know. Yeah, <laughs> There's yeah, like absolutely, weed suppositories. absolutely. Well, and it's, TMI, <laughs> TMI. Well, no, no, they're
4: really it's, <laughs> that's it's really good for but, right. it's, it's good for cancer. <laughs> but, but, Honestly, um, it's really good for um, cancer. <laughs> you can put it in your girly hoo ha too if you have like <laughs> yeah, cervical cancer what, uh, or if you yeah you can stick it up there and it's it's like if you have, you get the weed as close to the cancer as possible. So uh, that that's
2: is good exactly stuff, what she said. So does it
6: get you high too? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. 100. <laughs> Why are you teaching me these things? It's like my weakness. The last point I want to show. But the last
2: point I want to make though is that all of that stuff, like the cultivation of the weed culture, the coffee culture, the beer, sort of to me emulating and aspiring to be like the wine culture, is at the core it 's like these are mind altering substances Ca- caffeine mm-hmm. we get we take caffeine as a drug, the only reason we 're enjoying in my estimation, the only reason primary reason and original sort of evolutionary region uh reason that we're drinking this ten dollar latte is because we want to get fucked up on caffeine you know (laughs) like
1: i don't know i mean is it comparable to alcohol or stronger drugs it's
6: maybe not fucked up on it but like it does change how you feel like that's something that like i hear a lot in the rooms it's like i i did this or i took that because i wanted to change how i felt
2: yeah. So I, I mean, I, uh, to my co-host's point, um, I'm not, yeah, I definitely am not equating it with like a mind altering substance or a drug drug the way that we talk about it in the program. But I was just thinking like, it gives me energy.
1: You know, it's a, definitely a stimulant. It, I feel know, like it's speed for me. Up.
6: I take it. And there are days where I'm just like, I'm, I, I am like fucked up. There I'm
4: coffee. Fair enough. There Fair enough. A flu daytime. Uh, whenever I get sick, if I'm, I'm at a like, party, Yum. yeah, Theraflu daytime, <laughs> it's like it makes you like. If I drink two thera- Theraflu daytimes, I'm like, wow, <laughs> let's go, and it's like over the counter, like weird. And I'm, I can't take um, that's the other thing I can't take is Dayquil. Oh my god, it makes me like nuts. A little bit of Dayquil, and I'm like, wow. Like people have thought I'm on. Crazy things wow. are like, are you, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, it's DayQuil. <laughs> like it's what? And <laughs> if I'm sick and I'm, at, and I'm at work, I'll, I mean, that stuff gets me through. It's amazing. I, but it's also like, it's, it's a real drug. Maybe it's just my system that it reacts with.
1: It could be. could
4: yeah. be.
6: What? It, <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> are you on it? <laughs> no, no, I'm not on it right now. No,
4: <laughs> no, I'm on a little bit of that coffee though. So uh, that's good. Yeah. Well, uh, it is. Eleven twenty-five. You look at that. You've been doing this for an hour I was, and a half. I looked at at the time, time and I'm just like, wow, flew by. I
2: thought Yay. we were just going to be at this for an hour. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah. Well, we can, uh, yeah, you can bring the music back up. And um, we can, I mean, if we... you want to. Maybe power try up. it and up. see how it goes. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Lovely background music. Hi, spirits, here on Mutiny Radio every Friday from 10 to midnight. Can Are you going to be. Just looking for people to interview? Or are you gonna be reaching out on Facebook in any way and saying, Hey, you wanna come I, out? Come on, talk about talk about your relationship with drugs and alcohol.
2: That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think I think we'll figure out how to solicit it. Initially, I think we were thinking about, you know, getting the friends and family involved, you know, but yeah if this that if that's a way for this to take hold and you know to uh, to become a phenom yeah. <laughs> you know, from a sleeper hit to a phenom, we might have to put it out there, of course, as you can tell, we're sort of negotiating um the anonymity aspect right, and right. what level to share things at or whatever I feel like i i mean I just want to say like I so appreciate your openness and honesty and your um demeanor because it's inspiring. To me, I mean, we'll figure it out as we go along, but I'm like, man, that's the gold standard. You know, oh. if I could be, if I would feel comfortable to be that open, like, on the air, I feel like that might actually be very valuable. That being said, I'm just, be, you know, trying to be conscious of, you know, yeah. the traditions or whatever. But I'm so glad that you, you know, that you're doing that for, for us tonight. Yeah, as, no
4: tango as, miedo. I, I like, I, I'm not... <laughs> But it's it's all it, I feel like the more open we are yeah. As people The more we can learn from each other And yeah. grow yes. And And that's important That's important stuff And just But being Being honest and authentic Is Isn't that yeah. Like makes us The human connection Or right. I don't I, I just I don't know how to It would be more difficult for me To try to like Not be honest Like to be the To pretend I don't know
1: Yeah I mean in In, in the program we realize that you know making admissions, being open and honest about our 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 condition, our problem, or our disease, or whatever you want to call it, that 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 helps us. That helps us keep us sober because we're we're keeping it in our our in our thoughts. We're staying conscious of the fact that that we want to avoid. We want to abstain from using whatever it is. And, right. Yeah. And, and and so
4: and, and is your is the meeting on Wednesday can anybody drop by
1: Anybody it's an open meeting
4: It's an open meeting yeah. Wednesday's
1: 8
2: yeah, to hey. 9:30 Hey 8:30 we need today. the money y'all
1: <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Hey we want to keep uh, keep
2: keep it on um but oh yeah yeah Wednesday
1: uh, Wednesday at eight thirty p.m. Eight
2: thirty to nine thirty. Uh, Forty
1: ounces to freedom. It's a speaker meeting, and um, we've got a speaker every week. It's it's always yeah. We're
2: booked through mid September. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Uh, it's a terrific meeting. It's um, we get a lot of really engaging speakers, and you know, good topics of conversation afterward. It's it's, it's good. It's I mean,
4: important for the community. I think, especially in San Francisco, this is like.
1: This Party town, Central.
4: yeah, there's, I mean, there's a bar on every corner here. Oh, I yeah. mean, it's, it's like part, it's ingrained in part of the culture of here. Is I like, guess that's
2: true, yeah.
4: Which is, which is pretty crazy. So to thanks yeah. for all the good work you're
2: doing. Awesome. Uh, thank you. And uh, yeah, we're, we're going to. Take the music up there or we still got thirty minutes. Oh.
1: Or well, we, I mean what do you want to
4: do? Well that's the thing is um pull up the music and then I'll show you guys how to shut it yeah.
2: all down. Okay. Awesome.
1: So just
4: bring up channel four and say goodbye. Hi bye,
2: high spirits, bye. Hey. all right. High spirits, bye. ten Yay. to twelve midnight on Fridays. Thank you so much.
1: This has been great, thank you, Pam.
2: Yeah.
0: What's that from? Huh? This is the Flat Black Plastic Show Plain old style Flat Black Plastic This round is full of grooves for you
7: From the public library Go to the public library It's free
8: instrument and Waterman's Ink, the ink that goes up to three times as far as ordinary inks, are proud to bring you Gangbusters, presenting facts in the endless war of the police on the underworld. Facts that show the operation of our law enforcement officials in their work of protecting our citizens. Commissioner Louis J. Valentine, on leave as interviewer of Gangbusters, has now arrived in Tokyo, where he is to serve at the personal request of General Douglas MacArthur. Waterman's expects to bring you his voice by shortwave in the near future. Meanwhile, Gangbusters has asked Dr. Carlton Simon of New York City, internationally known criminologist, to narrate by proxy tonight's case. But now, Dr. Simon, I understand the criminal in tonight's case played a major part in the plot which led to a spectacular escape from Eastern Penitentiary last Easter. He did indeed, Don Gardner. This killer, Bow Wow Bowers, was cunning, shrewd, and merciless. His background must be of extreme interest to criminology, Dr. Simon. It certainly is, Don. For the soundest way to combat crime is to know how the criminal's mind thinks and works. So I'm going to start tonight's case at a summer resort on a large lake in Wayne County, Pennsylvania. After dinner, a young couple was seated on a porch swing, looking out over the lake, which was brightened to silver by a full moon. Scranton never was like this, Horace. No? I was never in Scranton. You'll have to come visit me sometime. You would love my family. I guess I would, Peggy. If they're anything like you. (laughs) Look, baby. You and me, well, we made a lot of progress in three weeks. I...
0: Yes, Horace.
8: Well, there's not many women I'd give a second look. Let alone kiss. (sighs) Oh, darling. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Yes, all right.
8: Well, there's not many women I'd give a second look. Let alone kiss. Mm -hmm. Oh mm -hmm. kiss. Mm -hmm. Oh, darling. Yeah. Do you really have to leave? I'll be back, Peggy, in a day or so. Oh, don't go, please. Believe me, baby, there's nothing I'd like better than staying here with you, but I got to leave as soon as Andy comes downstairs. Oh, that Andy. Why do you have a man like that working for me? He's handy to have around. Andy drives the car, carries my samples, knows a lot of people. I still don't care much for it. He takes you away from me. But I'll be back, Peggy.
9: fourth five to two into a perfect fourth by raising the lower string then the new scale formed by this change is the scale that can be generated by starting a series of alternating fifths and fourths on the interval six to three the unclear interval is five to two
10: union we've all been hoping for the masters of merriment whoa Emil nitrate my heart's getting faster
9: It is so exciting for Yash and myself to Where be are here this evening for a number of reasons. First, you know, this is the the first time that Yash and myself have been on the West Coast for one thing in Los Angeles, California. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you, it's really something. You because know, 'cause we're from the East Coast. You have Lutonia, really. You know, in yeah, a little no. town called Belbic. And there's, uh, you know, such a difference between our hometown and Los Angeles. You know, it's almost funny. Oh yes, well. Well, no. no yeah. My- you no, know. but it is funny, almost. almost not quite, real funny, no. but almost Not, funny. Not what we call a big yacht. No, like not that. the big yacht, no. But enough for some turples, maybe. No. Sure. You know, Always for an example, for let me just say, in Los Angeles, you know, the sun shines all the time, oh. except for some isolated weeks in the winter. But You know, and that's one difference. That's one difference. No. You know, Tony, the driving is so different also. So, oh, the driving? Yes. You know, not to mention the cops. Oh, no, well, we can't forget the cops. No, those differences there. How could you forget those? No, we can't forget those, no question about it. But anyway, let's segue to this. You know, how many people out here, you know, know the, the, the great point? But anyway, let's segue to this. You know... But Real funny, no, but almost not. Funny. Not what we call a big yacht. No, not but, the big yacht. No, but enough for some troubles, maybe. No. Sure. You know. Oh, for example, for let me just say, in Los Angeles, you know, the sun shines all the time, oh. except for some isolated weeks in the winter. But you know, and that's one difference. That's one difference. No. You know, Tony, the driving is so different, also. Oh, the driving. Yes. You know, not to mention the cops. Oh, no. Well, we can't forget the cops. Those differences there. How could you forget those? No, we can't forget those. No question about it. But anyway, let's segue to this. Deuce Deuce Revival was my problem
7: solver. Had a deaf girl, really didn't want to end vival. In the life of a gangster used to rob Baxter. But now I'm locked up. I'm just a punk low rank. Jail cells know me too damn well. Seems like I built on earth my own personal hell. No matter how low I climb, somehow I always fell. Guess a lot of players got this story to tell. No matter how full you roll, you simply cannot win. It's always fun in the, the beginning, but it's pain. Pain, Pain, pain. Pain, pain. Pain, pain. Pain, pain. Pain, pain. Pain,
10: pain. Pain, pain. Pain, pain. Pain, pain.
7: Or live. Or live. Organized crime, a big trouble finder. In and out of institutions ever since I was a minor. But now I'm on the bricks, deep in the mix. Crime smart, searching hard for some new street trick. I think I'll join a gang, sling a little cane. Put a beeper on my belt and get myself a name. Fresh sneakers, silk shirts, 24 7 work. Nine to five to survive, you gotta be a jerk. I clock two grand a Yes, I was born to play. Who me at Mickey D's? It wouldn't work no way. I'm a big money haver, but not the last lapper. For me and for me, makes me no autograph. My custody made. My dreams, nightmares of capture, paranoid of surveillance, phobia of cameras. My bank's bigger, but so are my fears. Past records, food players live limited years, but I'm unlike the rest known to be the best fast money true wealth my eternal quest i hustle all night long there ain't no in rest 12 games close range bloods on my chest i looked into his face i thought he was my friend my boy had set me up this one would never man no matter who you trust you simply cannot win it's always fun in the beginning but it's pain
10: solitary
7: has been an anthology. Pain, 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 man, pain, man, pain, spinning, been an, been an a neighborhood terror. can't hang around my mother cause she says I scare her. got a light like sunburn for too much poolside sitting. Well phone keeps me on cause I ain't no quittin'. Mode. Seems like it should explode Curly's on my jammy Got a female overload Young street messiah Professional liar 19, got a Benz 21, I'll retire Crazy money, it ain't funny Sucker loving my job But just some people at my door That didn't even knock Task force booming Dogging my crib out Can't shout FBI's got a gun in my mouth Threw me on the floor my girl a whore Put 10 Gs out of my mattress And was looking for more Cracked my safe with an axe Then he will out at a map When they see my money Kicking it in 20 just stacks Book me on 10 counts With bells a different amount The charges stuck like glue Some that I couldn't pronounce They threw my ass to book My life was surely took Then they gave my girl 10 years for hanging out With a crook She played the game herself of... Fast lane, quick wealth, no respect for the law or the city's health. The sweat of hustler's grief is not reserved for men. It's always fun in the beginning, but it's pain in it. Yeah, that ain't nothing. Because when I get out of here, I'm going to get right back in the money. Because they don't know that I know what time it is, you see. I done learned.